chapter 24. And I'll start reading in verse 36. Now if you take time to listen, you might learn something. Be nice. It would be. Of course, this is just before Jesus ascends back into heaven. 40 days after the resurrection. That where he died on the cross for our sins, was buried, rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. Then he said, he was seen to men for 40 days. And now he's getting ready to ascend back into heaven. This is not a fairy tale. It's not a myth. This is absolute truth in space, time, and in history. And as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted and supposed that they had seen a spirit. you got to understand, Jesus Christ just went through the most awful time any human being's ever gone through. Through the death of the cross. And he died. And was dead for three days and three nights. Seventy-two hours. How many of you have ever seen a dead person? Surely all of you have. <coughs> now just think about that dead person standing up and talking to you. What would you do? Probably most of you would run. You've heard about the jokes about guys working in a mortuary and somebody trying to fool somebody and getting on one of those gurneys and laying under a sheet. Then they bring somebody in there that's never been in there before and all these bodies laying, dead bodies. And then all of a, all of a sudden, under the one sheet, the guy sits up. Yeah, make them have a heart attack. Well, no wonder they, they were frightened and afraid. They thought they'd seen a spirit. Well, Jesus says, Why are you troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? He knew what they were thinking. He said, Behold, look at my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see. For a spirit hath not flesh and bones as ye see me have. Man, what truth. He just, by the way, lays out more truth than any human being has ever heard. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they yet believed not for joy, and wondered, he said unto them, have you here any meat? That's not meat, that's food. Broma, have you had any food here? And they gave him a piece of a broiled fish and of a honeycomb. And he took it and did eat before them. Said, well, we eat in heaven? Looks to me like, yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> 
And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled. He's talking about the whole counsel of the word of God. Is there some of it that hadn't been fulfilled yet? Yeah. But it's about to get fulfilled. But it all must be. All things which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Now that's a threefold outline of the whole Old Testament. And those three headings, all of the Old Testament is included. Now why wasn't the New Testament included in that? Because it wasn't written yet. The first book of the New Testament wasn't written until 45 A.D. And this is about 33 and a half A.D. So we don't have any New Testament books. So the only scripture is the Old Testament. Did Jesus reject any part of the Old Testament? No, he did not. Not at all. And these people like Andy Stanley that says get rid of it, he's telling you to leave the Lord. He's a devil, not a preacher. He may be a preacher of the devil. But anyway. Then opened he their understanding. My, 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 my. You just can't get away from the doctrines of grace, can you? My, I don't know what the Armenians do when they go to, go to bed at night. I, I don't know what they do. You can't get away from it in the word of God. He did what? He opened their understanding. Well, is that kind of what it said that, did, that God did with Lydia? The seller of purple? Same thing. Well, I wish some of these people would understand. Well, you need to pray that God will make them understand. Because <laughs> that's the only way they're ever going to. Amen. That they might understand the scriptures. There was, a, there was an Ethiopian eunuch. Good man. Had the Old Testament there. Had Isaiah. Book of Isaiah in front of him. Reading it. And here comes along Philip, a preaching deacon. And the eunuch says to him, or he said, do you understand what you're reading? He said, how can I accept some man guide me and show me? And then he took the scriptures, Philip did, and preached unto him Jesus from Isaiah 53rd chapter. And evidently, his understanding got open. Because then they passed by a pool of water. And he says, here's water. What does hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he took him into the water and baptized. Because he was already a believer. He didn't take him into water to make a believer out of him. He was already a believer. Anyway. And said unto them, verse 46, Thus it is written, Thus it behooved Christ to suffer, and that suffer means suffer, and to rise from the dead the third day. Now see, if you haven't heard this before, 
this is what all of this book is about. And what all this stuff about Jesus Christ is. Here it is right here. That it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. Now what does that mean to all of those who become believers? And especially in the churches. If they're true churches of the Lord. Let me show you what it means. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. Well, What are the churches to do if they're churches of the Lord? This is what they're to do. They're to preach repentance and remission. Now remit, remission, same thing as forgiveness, to send away. Sins are sent away by the blood of Christ. They're put as far as east is from the west. Behind the back of God. To the bottom of the ocean. He'll forget and remember no more. They went on the scapegoat. Where'd the scapegoat go? To a land not inhabited. That's remission. Forgiveness of sins. That God gives. Incidentally, let me say this. Only God can forgive sins. Amen. You and I can't forgive sins. I hear this all the time and it just really bothers me. Here's some murderer that raped and murdered somebody's daughter. And there's a mother or the daddy saying, Oh, we've already forgiven him. You see, I'm sure they're in total ignorance because some, as Brother Brown pointed out, cowardly, mealy-mouthed preacher has failed to preach the truth to them. Now there is a sense in which somebody does something to you. You don't have to exact revenge or getting even. No, it's not ours. You can let it go. And that's as far as you can go. If somebody did something to you that is a sin against God, you ain't capable of forgiving it. And let's take a murder. Lots of murdering going on right now. There was a little seven-month-old baby that was shot in the head in Chicago this weekend. And of course killed. Baby lying in his car in the streets of Chicago. And somebody shoots a bullet in there and shot his, in his head. Said, well God can forgive that. You don't know what you're talking about. You can't forgive it. That mother, that daddy can't forgive it. That judge can't forgive it. 
All a judge can do when we catch the criminal, the shooter, is we should give him the rope and hang him from the neck. We ain't got nobody got guts enough to do that anymore. But that's what ought to be done quickly. I heard about one in Mississippi. Murdered. Brutally raped and beat up and brutally murdered a woman. An older woman. And they gave him the death penalty. 26 years ago, he's still alive on death row. You see, God's going to judge us for this. Now, I didn't hear anybody from that family saying we've forgiven him. At least they got that much sense. If I pull out a gun and murder you, you can't forgive me or you're dead. And somebody else can't forgive me because I didn't murder them. The only one that was affected was the one that's dead. And he can't forgive you, or she, whoever it is. Can God forgive it? Yeah. Yeah, we've seen occasions of that. But he will not forgive it without repentance. Now that didn't cost you anything extra. I just threw that in. Okay. Now, What is repentance? Well, there's a couple words that are used in the Greek. One of them's metanoia, and the other one's metanoia, and then there's another word, metamelomai. Well, somehow they come up with repent on all those, but that's not true, shouldn't be done. Anyway, Repent. Meta noio. Now you don't want a Greek lesson, but the, the Bible's written in Greek. So in Greek, meta means a change. You get the metamorphic rocks that change under pressure. That's what that means. Meta is change. Noio is Greek for noose, mind. Now that's not a casual change. I was going to order a hamburger, but I changed my mind and ordered a pork chop. It's not that kind of a change. It's a kind of drastic change. Amen. So metanoio is repent. Metanoia is repentance, the act of repentance. Just two different words, but different forms of the same word. But now metamelomai, look at uh, Matthew 27.
Verse 3. Then Judas, which had betrayed him, of course, Judas Iscariot, who betrayed the Lord for 30 pieces of silver. So when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself. And brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders. Then I hear people say, oh, well, Judas repented. Well, they need to study to show themselves approved because they obviously have not done any homework. You've got all of the testimony and all of the actions of Judas, but even this is the word metamelomai, meaning that he regretted what he had done because he got caught. I hear this, even from law enforcement officers. Now, I have great respect for them. We need them desperately. I'm talking about a convicted criminal. And they will bring this up. Well, there, he was not remorseful. People bring it up before and after they're convicted. Is he remorseful or is she remorseful? Do they have remorse? I couldn't imagine anything that would matter less. You mean, are they sorry they did it? Well, they're all sorry they got caught. But even if they're sorry that they did it, there remains a fact of what they've done. Doesn't matter very much about why they did it. If they've wantonly taken a life, or how about forcible rape? Oh, I'm sorry I did that. You see, that doesn't change a thing. And all that matters is not why they've done it, but what they've done. Of course, I know I'm crying out in the wilderness. Not many take this to heart. Look at Second Peter chapter 3. Verse 1. This second epistle or letter, beloved, I now write unto you both, unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that you may be mindful of the words which are spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first that there shall come in the last days, which is where we are now, scoffers walking after their own lust. You see, this whole month, it's about over now, this whole month has been dedicated to LGBTQ being prideful 
about what they are and what they do. God says it's all abomination. But they're prideful. And you go downtown Lexington, I've got another word for it. Or anywhere on television, History Channel, look at their commercials. Promoting what they call them, drag queens. Anybody that enjoys watching a so-called man dressed up like a woman and parading himself around, if you enjoy that, you bought as queer as he is. They did that in San Francisco when I was in the Navy back in the 60s. And there were some sailors that went over and watched that stuff. And I told them, you're just as queer as they are. Now I don't guess you could say that, could you? Because they promote all that stuff. That's what God said in Deuteronomy, that a man wearing that which pertains to a woman. And vice versa. These independent preachers laid it all off on women wearing, wearing slacks. Modest slacks. Had nothing to do with that. They ought to study their Bible. And I'll tell any one of them to their face. And I have. They misuse the scripture and let all of this go by. Now you see what we've got. They even have those, those queer guys dressed up like women reading to our kindergarten kids in libraries and in schools. What kind of a wicked mind ever theorized that, to do that? What they're doing, they're brainwashing, they're recruiting out of our young people more of them. That's what they're doing. You see, they have to they have to recruit. Anyway, walking after their own lust, that's what got me into that. And saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. At least they're still recognized it was creation. <laughs> For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God, the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. Talking about creation and the flood. Whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. That's the flood of Noah's day. It was not a myth. It was not a local thing. It was a worldwide flood. And it killed everybody except eight people in the ark. Amen. Hundreds of millions if not billions of people died in that flood. And there wasn't one sticker on that ark that said God loves you. But the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word Listen to this. It was approximately 4,500 years, take away a few, 23-something before Christ. So it's close to 4,500 years ago that God destroyed the world and all of the animals 
The only ones that survived were those that he put in the ark. And the only humans that survived was Noah, his wife, and three sons and their wives. Eight people. <clears throat> oh, well, God loves everybody. Really? Really? Where do you get that? My Bible tells me he hates every work of iniquity. My Bible tells me that the wrath of God abides on their heads. Believe it or not, that has everything to do with repent. Amen. <laughs> That's why there must be repentance. Anyway, when God passed judgment on this world, you can read in your Bible, Genesis 6, God said, I'm going to destroy the world which I have made. And it wasn't nobody. Joe Biden couldn't, couldn't talk him out of it. He said, by the same word. Get that. So God's going to speak. No, he's not going to speak judgment. He's already spoken it. He didn't even speak price on it. Talk about killing two birds with one stone. <laughs> he spoke once. Destroyed the world by water. And by that same word, he's got this thing stored. Getting ready to be, be destroyed by fire. The elements shall melt with fervent heat. That means that goes down to the core of the earth. And all the elements, whatever's there, got to be a hot fire to melt all that. And it's going to do it. It's going to do it with a loud noise. They talk about a big bang. They just don't know what they're talking about. There is a big bang coming. It ain't happened yet. Anyway. The heavens and earth which are now by the same word are kept in store. Reserved unto fire against the day of judgment. And perdition of ungodly men. But beloved. Now he's talking about God's people there. He's not talking about the world at large. Be not ignorant of this one thing. Ignorant means you don't know about it. It's not, a, it's not a crime to be ignorant. But it is a crime to be ignorant and choose to remain that way. Don't be unknowledgeable about this. That one day is with the Lord is a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. That is not telling you that that a day is literally a thousand years or a thousand years is literally a day with God. That is a figure of speech. And it states that time, unlike with us, with God is irrelevant. Amen. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. Why isn't that... Why hadn't us all come to pass? Can you tell me that you're not that you're not relieved that it hadn't happened yet? But is long suffering to us word. The usperts are the same ones that were beloved. That is his people, his elect. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Well, you mean even God's elect have got to come to repentance? Exactly. Well, look at Acts 17. 
won't read all this, don't have time. Verse 29. As Paul's finishing up his sermon on Mars Hill in Athens, Greece. I've been right there where he, where he preached. One of the ha- best times of that whole trip was right there. Standing up on that rugged mountain. Right where the Apostle Paul preached this message. I look upon that hill. I see that Parthenon, Necropolis, those heathen temples. I can look out over old Athens. I see all them heathen temples. And there's more idolatry going on there now than there was then. And Paul's heart was stirred within him because they were all given to idolatry. He wasn't there appreciating the architecture of the heathen. And I hear preach, oh, it's so beautiful and all that stuff. There's something wrong with your thinking. You ought to be thinking on the Lord's side. Anyway, so he says to these people, this bunch of heathen. He says, for as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead, that's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, one Lord, is like unto gold or silver or stone graven by art and man's device. That's all they had. They still have it. On the streets of Athens, right there by the Acropolis and the Parthenon, they are hawking wicked, nasty idols. They're probably selling more of them right now than they ever sold in history. Well, people grabbing them up. But Paul says to those heathen, that's not God. You can't make God out of a piece of wood or a piece of stone. And he says, now the times of this ignorance God winked at or passed by it. But now commandeth all men. Now there is an all that pretty much means all. They, they don't always mean all. But there are very few exceptions to this. And the only human exception is the man Christ Jesus. He has commanded all men where? Everywhere. You mean Africa? You mean South America? You mean Europe? You mean... United States? You mean New York? California? Kentucky? All human beings. I believe that's the word anthropon, meaning mankind, doesn't mean particularly men. It means all means both genders. You know there's only two genders. Male and female. All of these other genders are stupid lies. But all men everywhere to repent. And because he hath appointed a day. Job made a statement. 
4,000 years ago. He said, that which I greatly feared has come upon me. You may have had a time in your life that you've been dreading something, and it came. Now, I tell you, there's going to be days that we all dread, and we don't want to see them come, but they're going to come. It's going to happen. It really is. But folks, there's a day coming. And we sing that song, a great day coming by and by. But it's a sad day. And here it is. You see, God has appointed a day. You and I can mark off on the calendar. We're going to do this and such on this day. But you ain't got a chance as a snowballing you know where of making that happen if the Lord doesn't let it happen. I mean, you might die of a heart attack before it ever gets there. Somebody else might. Your car might blow up. Anything can happen. You can't guarantee I'm going to do thus and so on a day, any day. You just can't do it. But now God is totally different. He has appointed a day. Now, I don't know what calendar year. I don't know what calendar day or the month. But I know it's there. He has appointed a day in the which he will judge the world. In righteousness. And he's going to do it by that man whom he hath ordained. He has appointed a day. He's ordained a man. Amen. The day is known only to him. The man is the man Christ Jesus. Amen. John the fifth chapter tells us that God gave him the authority to judge the world because he became the son of man. And when you see in Revelation the first chapter. You see that marvelous picture of Jesus Christ in his resurrected glory. You see him standing there as the judge of the universe. Looks to me like God's in charge of all this. Amen. By that man who hath ordained, whereof? He hath given assurance unto all. The word men is in italics. Just leave the man out. All. <laughs> men and women alike. Jews and Gentiles alike. Red, yellow, black, and white. All of us. In the same boat. Giving assurance unto us all. Is he going to try to make everybody in the world feel good? Uh uh, that ain't what that's about. No. Somebody said it's God's will for you to be happy. I don't know where it says that. You know where it says? I, I never have read that. I never have read that it's God's will for everybody to be happy. Now, these multimillionaire. Deceitful preachers will say that. 
But I've never seen that in the Bible. But he says, he's given assurance unto all men. Now that's assurance in the context of what we've just read. That there's a day coming. And there's a man coming that's going to judge everybody. And God's given us assurance of that. Oh, really? Yeah. And that he hath raised him from the dead. Instead of worrying about rabbit eggs growing on trees, And wearing your fancy duds. If you're not saved. What you ought to be concerned about. Is that the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Gives you absolute assurance. That this world is going to be judged. On one coming day. And the man that's going to judge us. Is the man the resurrected glorified Son of God. Son of man. Jesus, God's Christ, the second person of the triune Godhead. Look at Matthew 21. Matthew 21, and I don't know how much of this to read. I'm running out of time. Verse 28, But what think you? A certain man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go to work, go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not, but afterward he, afterward he repented and went. He came to the second and said, Likewise, and he answered and said, I go, sir, and went not. Whither of them twain did the will of his father? They say unto them, the first Jesus saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. That is the Pharisees. For John came unto you in the way of righteousness, and you believed him not. But the publicans and the harlots believed him, and you, when you had seen it, repented not afterward that you might believe him. I'm saying that all men, God has commanded all men everywhere to repent. And you know what? You seldom, if ever, hear a preacher preaching on repentance. Anyway, quickly look at Genesis 3. Give your thought here. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. Now this is all history. Every word is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. 
And he said unto the woman, Yea, if God said, This is what Satan is saying through the serpent. You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die. And that's what your school teachers are telling you. That's what your evolutionist scientists are telling you. That's what many, many so-called preachers are telling you. The Bible doesn't mean what it says, but it does. For God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. There's a big lie. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. Now, somebody said, well, I've been afraid to go into one of those nightclubs all my life. And I just bit the bullet and went in. And I'll tell you what, I really had a good time. I enjoyed it. It wasn't all that bad. That's what happened to her. Satan makes sin pleasurable or seemingly so. But in the end it's dead. It's death. Anyway, verse 7, she gave to her husband and they both did eat and both eyes were open. And now they knew that they were naked. Didn't know that before. And they sewed fig leaves together. And made themselves aprons. Now, did they repent? So what did they do? They made fig leaves. They had a little conscience about them. Now you know they had to have done felt something. And we've all got a conscience. That's not a fit guide, but we've all got a conscience. Except for those who have seared it with a hot iron. They're like guys that murder and then they go on murder again and again. Pretty soon they don't feel anything over it. Then the reprobates. But now, they felt something. Their eyes were open that they were naked. Oops, we better do something about this. And you know that's what the world has done? There's two kinds of religion in the world. There's fig leaf religion. And there's sheepskin religion. And that's the two kinds of religion in the world. And Adam and Eve right now are practicing fig leaf religion. Oh, we're going to go and do the seven sacraments. We're going to do this. We're going to get baptized. That's fig leaf religion. That's called dead works. That's those religious works that one does in trying to get himself right before God. That's what they're trying to do right here. But see, that can't happen. It's fig leaf religion. It's conscience save is what it is. It's reform. 
Reformation. A lot of people go through reformation. They get burdened down because they realize that they are sinners, but they don't repent. They just try to do something on their own. And that's what fig leaf religion is. Reformation. But salvation is not reformation. Not at all. Look at Luke 18. I'll be about done here. Luke 18. Verse 9. And he, that is Christ, of course, spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves. There's fig leaf religion. That they were righteous and despised others. Doesn't mean they hated them. means they looked down on them. Didn't count them as much. They're not good as I am. Two men went up into the temple to pray. The one a Pharisee, that's religious. Fig leaf religion. And the other a publican. That's not Republican, that's publican. Tax collector. Pretty much hated by everybody. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. And I think that's where the majority of these so-called hold hand prayers are. All pray for our country. I can't in good conscience ask God to bless this country. A country that's turned over to freak marriages, baby murdering. Look at them demonstrating on the streets demanding their rights to murder a baby. And they're not even wanting it as, as an infant. They're wanting it now even after six months after the baby is born. Anyway, the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank thee that I am not as others, other men are. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican standing afar off. Would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven. But smote upon his breast saying God. Be merciful to me a sinner. <clears throat> and I tell you this man went down to his house justified rather then the other for every one that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. That's what repentance will do for you. To have another mind towards God, and then faith in Jesus Christ and his finished work of redemption. Amen. Repent. God hath commanded all men everywhere.